Antikoti Vaishnavrinda Kijai, Namacharya Shilharidas Sakura Kijai, Prem Shikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Pabhanitananda Shri Dvaita Gadana Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktivinda Kijai, Shri Shri Radha Krishna Govopina Shana Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Kijai, Vrindavan Dhamma Kijai, Tura Dhamma Kijai, Navajit Mayapur Dhamma Kijai, Jagannath Puri Dhamma Kijai, Gangamai Jamuna Devi Kijai, Rakti Devi Kijai, Tulsi Maharani Kijai, Samaveta Bhaktivinda Kijai, all All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada Nama Om Vishnu Padaya. Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vidata Swamiji Namani. Namaste Saraswati Deva Gauravani Vitana Namaste Sasanvati Paskatyadi Satana. Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutala Padakamalam Shri Guru and Vaishnavamsha. Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sagana Raganatam Bikam Samsajivam Sadvoitam Sadvadutam Padujana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Ramata Shri Vishakam Samsha Vajakapachivashaki Pasindhyavata Padijanam Pavani Yavajnavayama Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So it's the 30th of November 2020 in Hillsborough and this is the day of Katyayi Radha starting and we are in that chapter so I'm just going to go on and speak on a verse in that chapter so that's chapter 10, that's Canto 10, chapter 22, verse 9. And I'm, I'm intelligible? Yes, you're quite. Yes. Okay. Tasambhasamsyupadaya Tasambhasamsyupadaya Nipamaruhasatvara Nipamaruhasatvara Hasad Bipa Hasan Balai Harihasam Vachacha Okay, so what word do you see repeated here? Three times. Hasan. Hmm. Anybody know what that means? Hasan. Hasan. Anybody know what that means? Laughing. Laughing. Yes. So today's verse is all about laughing. <laughs> all right. That's it. Yes. Actually, Christmas while I used to do laughing yoga classes, but I don't think we'll do that in Barbara. It's all about laughing. So if you all laugh during today's class, that would be very appropriate. Okay. So. Let's go with the word for word. Tasam. Of those girls. The samsi. The garments. Upadaya. Taking. Nipam. Kadambatri. Aruya. Climbing. Satvadaha. Quickly. Hasadbi. Who were laughing. Tolasam. Himself laughing loudly. Himself laughing loudly. Balahai. 
With the boys. Parihasam. Joking words. Uvachaha. He spoke. Translation Taking the girl's garments, he quickly climbed to the top of a kadamba tree. Then, as he laughed loudly and his companions also laughed, he addressed the girls jokingly. Okay, we've got a lot of laughing going on. Let's go to a Krishna book. So, um, all the Prabhupada says on this verse is appearing on the scene, Krishna immediately collected all the garments of the gopis, climbed up into a nearby tree, and with a smiling face, began to speak to them. Right, we're going to go to the commentary first of Sanatana Goswami. Coming close, he took their clothing, Ubadaya. He laughed loudly with the boys because of, this, of his act and quickly climbed a Kadamba tree out of fear since he was a thief. Right, we were just in the Dhammadarasaka, we were seeing how Krishna was afraid of Mother Yasoda. So he was afraid of the young gopis because he's stealing their clothes and he climbs up to hide. Since the tree was high, Kadamba trees are very high, they could not see him. The boys were very young. Previously, he had left the older boys in order to perform this pastime. Or, since he was at the end of seven years when he lifted Govardhan, and this pastime occurred previously, he must have been six years old at this time. The other boys were of the same age. Of course, the Lord could perform a pastime of an older Krishna even in his younger years. He matures quickly. That is well known and was mentioned earlier. This is also understood in his giving mercy to the wives of the brahmanas. Thus there is nothing wrong if they were all very young, balaha. Or the two pastimes occurred during his kaishara period, but are described before lifting Govardhan. It is related now because of a relationship with the gopis bhava revealed in their description of Krishna's flute song in the autumn, and also with the wives of the brahmanas described in the next chapter. Generally, Sukadeva does not narrate the pastimes in order. I'm going to repeat that again. Generally, Sukadeva does not narrate the pastimes in order. Um, just a, a little hermeneutic note. So sometimes people want to correct Srila Prabhupada because he seems to narrate pastimes out of order. And this is true also in the Krishna book, like when the Rajasuya Yajna is done. But Sukadev is not narrating them in order. Sometimes pastimes of similar nature are grouped together. So in other words, sometimes he's speaking thematically instead of chronologically. Sometimes because of his own taste, they are related at a certain time. Don't we also do that? You know, we're feeling enthused about something or something we're enjoying and so we, you know, we may be telling a chronological story and then we interrupt it to talk about something that's not chronological, don't we all do that? Right? Because it just reminds us of something. That is clear from the previous and later chapters. So this is, this is a very important point as far as hermeneutics. That it's not that the events in Shastra are told in chronological order. They may be told in thematic order and they may be told in ecstatic order. They may be just, they want to talk about something. Right? Or they're often their response to questions. Somebody asks a question, and then the, the things are jumping around. 
Krishna then spoke jokingly in order to attract them. He also laughed conspicuously. Okay. So going to Jiva Goswami's commentary. With the other boys, quietly and quickly, as if out of fear, he took their clothing, valued by the girls, with some special attention. He then climbed the tree alone. He laughed when the boys laughed. The girls sought the source of the laughter. They couldn't see him, right? He stole the clothes, and then he climbs in the Kadamba tree, which is a very high tree, but then they're all laughing. That's not very good if you're a thief, right? You're laughing. <laughs> so the girls are like, Where, where's the laughing come from? Knowing their love and their anger, but appearing not to know, he laughed at them when they said nothing. He spoke this joke. Why do you not come out since you are shivering from being in the cold water for so long? Coming out, giving up dampness, you should put on dry cloth. This was not inappropriate since only the Lord can be compared to the Lord. Bhavan eva bhavan eva. It was joking that accompanies the conversation. The word ha indicates he spoke clearly. Previously he had left other boys who were situated close by and came with these young friends. Thus he could not be criticized since they were all young. So all this laughing going on here reminded me of uh, a verse, one of my absolute favorite verses of the Bhagavatam. This is where Lord Kapiladev is describing how we should meditate on the form of the Lord. Now, if we think about most religions and spiritual paths, and I like the Christopher was speaking yesterday about our good fortune, and it's important that we appreciate our good fortune without denigrating anyone else. At the same time, we can appreciate our good fortune. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Often when we appreciate a, a good fortune in anything, there's some subtle envy in there. Isn't it? Mm. You know, I got this, I got that, unlike those other people who don't get that. There, there's, there's often some subtle envy mixed with it. So we need to be very careful that we don't do that, otherwise we commit the mad elephant offense. Mars was speaking yesterday at the initiation uh, about the ten offenses, and Prabhupada would sometimes say, don't blaspheme other devotees means specifically don't blaspheme Muhammad and Jesus. You know, so we, we don't want to denigrate persons who are teaching uh, incomplete or uh, etc. other ideas of religiosity because each of those are appropriate. You know, Mars was also talking about the offense of not preaching to the faithless, not preaching the glories of the Lord to the faithless. So preaching is done appropriately for the particular audience. And we do find, even in religious systems that don't widely teach the highest truth, that there are still individual members of those religions who achieve the highest truth. I'm talking about St. Teresa of Avila, who is certainly from her writings appeared to have achieved Maturya Bhav with, with, with Bhagavan. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's just like in a school, you may have in your fourth grade class some students who are doing PhD level mathematics. It happens sometimes. Yes? And you have people in a PhD program who are just partying. So we have people in our ISKCON movement and in our Gaudiya Sampradaya who are just concerned with lower level 
um, sub-religious principles and not really concerned with Krishna Prema. We do have such people. In fact, some of them are very vocal. You know, they're just... Some of them are very vocal. Sorry, it's hard to speak clearly with the mask. I'm clear enough? Yeah, so we have some people who are very vocal that their main emphasis is on sub-religious principles rather than Krishna Bhakti. They practically never talk about Prima Bhakti. They just talk about um, moral principles. So we, we have those sort of people even in ISKCON. They don't really, uh, they're not really interested in the higher things. And we have people in systems of religion that like Jesus said, you know, in my father's kingdom there's many mansions. What is that all about? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not really uh, delineated. Except by the, you know, what they call, you were talking about the mystics, what they call the mystics, the people who study the Kabbalah, the, the Sufis, or, you know, people who may get into, into other aspects. Hmm? But still we can say that generally speaking, God is not portrayed in most religions and spiritual systems of the world as somebody who's laughing and joking. It's not the general portrayal of God. Right? How is God usually portrayed? Almighty. Almighty. The judge, yeah. The creator. Creator. What what kind of emotions are usually connected with God? Honor. Honor. reverence. But for God, for yeah. God himself, what kind of emotions does God display? Well, if you're uh, from the Judeo-Christian, you get a lot of anger. A lot of anger. Jealous, jealous. Jealousy. Yeah. I'm a jealous I'm a jealous God. <laughs> yes. Jealous God. Anger, jealousy. Huh? Spite. Spite? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and a certain amount of bias because he has a, has a people that he... he so he's biased. Yeah. Yes, he has the people that... I like these people, I don't like these people. Yes, I was brought up yeah. being told I was one of the people that he liked. Don't worry, you're one of the people that he likes. Wow, so angry, jealous, spiteful, biased. What other emotions are often attributed to God? Well, you know, loving. Loving. No other structure. Merciful. So, well, but also vengeful. All-knowing. All-knowing. So vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So vengeful, but yet merciful Omni- and loving. Omnipresent. Omnipresent, omnipotent. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking particularly about emotions. Oh, no. Not so much about body, particularly about emotions, feelings. So, but I, I don't really think laughter and joking. I, I don't. <laughs> Santa Claus, right? They're not God. Yeah? So, this concept of God is being laugh as laughing. As laughing. I was. Uh, just reading uh, something from one, some of you may be familiar with the Fintorn uh, Gardens in London, and London in uh, the UK. So they say that they've done these gardens in cooperation with the devas and with the elemental spirits, and who taught them how to garden and how to farm in such a way that's in harmony with the will of the Lord. It's, it's quite interesting. Um, and one of the people who founded this garden, he said that we say that the world is full of the sound of creation, uh, but it's also full of the laughter of God. So I thought that was very interesting. 
You know, Prabhupada writes in Krishna book, in the Rasalila chapters, that the whole world is full of Krishna's singing. But the whole world is also full of Krishna's laughing. But everything is full of Krishna's singing. You know, everything is vibrating with sound. Sound is the origin of everything. What is the sound that's the origin of everything? Om. Om. And what does Jiva Goswami say is Om? It's A-U-Om. Radha Krishna and the Jivas. So A as Krishna, U as Radha, and M, the Anushwar, as the Jivas. Uh, and we are present in the Hare Krishna mantra because it's in the vocative sense. We are speaking it, and therefore... Uh, we are present there. But when Radha Krishna and the Jivas are together, what are they doing? They're laughing and joking. Right? If we see the song uh, Vrindavan Ramyasthana, right? Hasya Parihasya, the same kind of words. Hasya Parihasya, Sambhasane. Basane means uh, speaking, language. Uh, they are laughing and joking. So in this sound om, contains this concept of laughter and playfulness. Which of Krishna's four aspects of personality relates to his playfulness and joking? Personality. Dhirodhata, Dhirodhata, Dhiroprasanta, Dhiralalita. Dhiralalita. Dhiralalita is the fun boy, the party boy. Dhiroprasanta is the gentleman. Dhirodhata is the hero. And Dhirodhata is the bad boy. So, dear Lalita, of course Krishna jokes around a lot as a dear Dhatta too, but it's kind of sarcastic, insulting sorts of jokes. Uh, whereas dear Lalita is a little different kind of joking. So, when we are told how to meditate on the Lord, there are certain sections, particularly in the Bhagavad Gita and in the Bhagavatam, where we're given specific directions as how to meditate on the Lord. Right, like Krishna gives that one verse in the Bhagavad Gita, meditate on him as the oldest, who's always a person. Uh, but in the Bhagavatam, particularly Lord Shiva gives a, a lengthy description for meditation, and Lord Kapiladev gives a lengthy description for meditation. So those are two of my favorite parts of the Bhagavatam, and of all the verses that Lord Kapila gives, this is 328.33, and I wrote down the translation because I don't have it memorized. With devotion seeped in love and affection, the yogi should meditate within the core of his heart upon the laughter of Lord Vishnu. The laughter of Vishnu is so captivating that it can be easily meditated upon. When the Supreme Lord is laughing, one can see his small teeth, which resemble jasmine buds rendered rosy by the splendor of his lips. Once devoting his mind to this, the yogi should no longer desire to see anything else. That night? To meditate on the Lord laughing and showing his teeth. And sometimes the Lord's form is described in the sweetest is his face, and the sweetest in his face is his smile. There's one lecture where Srila Prabhupada is describing the gopis, which I think is very appropriate to today's verse, and how the only thing the gopis want to do is to see Krishna smile. That, that's their goal. Krishna should be smiling. Do we all understand that, even in our human relations? Do we have people we care about, and if they smile at us, 
That, that's enough. Right? Yesterday I went out to get something for the greenhouse and Krishna Priya said, would you pick me up some sponges? I said, hopefully I'll remember. So I brought her the sponges. She said, what do I owe you for this? I said, what about a smile? Hmm. You know, we're, we're often like that, isn't it? We want to do something for somebody that we care about and all we want in return is that they're pleased. Sometimes we're fine even if they don't know that we did it. Right? We're kind of just sneaking and looking. Are they happy? And we don't even necessarily want personal credit for it, but we want to be the reason they're smiling even if we don't get credit, isn't it? We want to see the people we love happy, and if we can be the cause of their happiness, that's even better. Does that make sense to everybody? If because I've given them a gift or spent time with them, or done something for them, because of me in some way, they feel happy, then I'm satisfied. There's people who study male-female psychology, and you always have to take this as generalities. One of the main things a man wants from his wife is that she's happy. And a lot of times men feel offended if the wife's not happy because they think that she's blaming him. Because it's my responsibility to make her happy. Right? And the woman is thinking, I might, might, must make sure my husband's happy. You know, if he says, oh, I don't like the way you cook the eggplant. And she's like, oh, no, I haven't made him happy. We want our children to be happy. Yes, if our children are unhappy, we think, well, I'm a failure as a parent that my children are not. And the children want the parents to be happy. I was speaking to one woman the other day who said that at one point she got all A's on her report card and her mother was so happy and after that she got all A's on all of her report cards the rest of her education. Oh, that's a way I can make my mother happy. There is um, one very famous behaviorist, Karen Pryor. She's an animal trainer but she's also a, uh, works with human behavioral studies and she's written a wonderful book on how to get rid of bad behavior in yourself or others and she says that very young animals don't respond to punishment but they all respond to pleasing their master she said we don't seem to be wired to obey we seem to be wired to please and so this is our natural tendency and the devotees want to make Krishna smile or laugh. Or laugh. We were in this, this play in Govardhan some years ago where I was playing Jatila and I realized a number of things doing that but one of them I realized was that Jatila is someone everyone laughs at. Madhu Mangal is someone everyone laughs with and Jatila is someone everyone laughs at. But she's enjoying being the object of the laughter of the Lord and she's enjoying it. Uh, just like, you know, somebody may be a comedian and act as a buffoon that everybody laughs at. That, that's her enjoyment. And to some way bring pleasure to the Lord. Now, of course, the Lord is such an ananda. He's always in pleasure, but still like that. So I was thinking of some instances Specifically, that the Lord is described as laughing. And, uh, well, I'll ask you, where are some instances in Shastra where the Lord is particularly described as laughing? It's really a strain to give a class to a mask. You have to work like three times as hard. 
anywhere in scripture. I mean, if we're going to meditate on the Lord laughing, then it's nice to have some context for it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Laughing at, uh, at, at uh, what's his name, with the four arms. Yes, Pondraka. Pondraka, yeah. And, and there, there's a lot of laughing in that, Leela, when Pondraka's messenger comes to the Dwarka assembly. My master is the real Vasudev. Krishna should give up. What should he give up? What was Krishna supposed to give up to Pondraka? His weapons, especially his this and his... His name. Give me your name. Can you imagine that? I'm the real Apurva. Can you give me your name? I mean, like, everybody started cracking up. The whole assembly was just laughing and laughing and laughing. And Krishna was enjoying their laughing. And then when Krishna went on the battlefield and he saw... And it's interesting, it says he saw Pondraka for the first time. Right? Yesterday's verse, Yogishwar Ishwar, right? He's the master of the masters of yoga. and he, So that's how he knew that the gopis wanted him as their husband and were doing this Kachyani Grad. Mm. So certainly, Krishna are, had seen Pondraka before. Like, duh! We're all eternal. is a part of him. You've seen him a gazillion, billion, unlimited times before. Still, when Krishna saw him for the first time on the battlefield, have you ever seen the old Indian movies which with, the with the rubber arms and the the uh, you know aluminum crowns. Yes. You know, you see like the, in the in the old Ramayana movies which we watched all of it was like that, right? Special defects. The special defects. So if you see any of these Indian movies of Leela, it really looks like they went to, you know, the costume store in the most rundown area of town. It's like, can you give us a really good deal of these? Oh, these are only five rupee, only five rupee arms, you know? And so they have these incredibly fake-looking arms and incredibly fake-looking helmets and jewels and incredible... So that's what was Pondraka. I mean, he got this benediction from Lord Shiva that he could imitate the Lord, but still, it was so obviously fake that it wasn't a real four arms, you know, this is my arms... And so Krishna's just laughing. He's just laughing. It's like, this is ridiculous. Okay, some other instance in Shastra, Krishna's laughing. I was thinking when he came into Mathura for the first time, I think he, he, he laughed at someone. Um, when he disguised himself as Manorani's husband? Oh, Yes. Yes, that, that whole drama from Lalita Madhava, and that's mentioned by Rupa Goswami. When Rupa Goswami talks about laughing ecstasy, he mentions how when Krishna is dressed up as Abhimanyu, and Jatila thinks that the Krishna dressed up as Abhimanyu is the real Abhimanyu, and Abhimanyu is Krishna dressed up as Abhimanyu. So there's a lot of laughing that goes on then among the girls and Krishna and so forth. Yes, excellent. That's one of the examples Rupa Goswami gives. It's not so specific, in, but we get the feeling when you see that he's laughing with the coward boys as he's having lunch and sharing. The- it is very specific. You have come to another specific instance. When Krishna is having lunch with the coward boys, the Bhagavatam specifically mentions that he's laughing. And this is mentioned, I think you remember that without knowing you remembered it. 
So, and then Lord Vermont comes and sees them, and he sees them all laughing, and is, you know, Lord Vermont has a little bit more reverential relationship with the Lord. Some other instances. One of my favorites is Nisingadev. So as Nisingadev is fighting with him, now, okay, Harani Kashyapu had taken over the whole universe. And he was, by Lord Brahma's benedictions, invincible. Who's going to laugh when they're fighting with such an adversary? You know, an adversary. Who's going to be laughing? It's going to be really serious. But Nisingadev is just laughing. And Hirani Kashyapu doesn't like this laughter. He's like, no, stop laughing at me. You see, Jatila likes Krishna laughing at her, but Hirani Kashyapu doesn't like the Singadev laughing at him. Hey, isn't that our ego? We have this big ego. Don't laugh at me. I'm very serious. <laughs> so Hirani Kashyapu hated the fact that the Singadev was just taking him, killing him as a big joke. What a joke. The land, the ski, sea, the sky. What about my lap? Ha ha. You know, no weapons. I got them right here on my hands. <laughs> Inside, outside, I got the doorway. Day or night, twilight. You know, he was just having a great time. Laughing at this, this big, you know, full of himself demon. And, and, and Hirani Kachipu was trying to fly in the sky and see if he could get away from the sound of Nisingadev's laughter. Um, in Raslila, there's a lot of laughter going on, a lot of laughter and joking. It says specifically in the, Balar, in the Bhagavatam when Balarama kills Mustika, that he's laughing, uh, with Vidvita. Right? The girls in Balarama are all laughing. So Vidvita's being really rude. He's showing his rear end to the gopis. You know, he's really being rude. And instead of being freaked out about it, they're all just laughing. Yes? What about when uh, Duryodhana fell in that? Yes, when Duryodhana uh, fell. I don't know if Krishna was laughing, but the women were all laughing. And Krishna said, go ahead. You just hear one of them to stop laughing. And see, that's another instance, like Hiranya Kashipu, where instead of Duryodhana... Wow, I brought pleasure to the Lord and his associates by my buffoonery. He was so offended, my ego has been bruised. You know, and that was a, a big cause of the war. We're going to have a war because the, the, the devotees laughed at him. Rather than just taking, wow, I made the Lord laugh. Um, Krishna laughed at Sudama not wanting to reveal the present he brought. It's like, come on, you know, what did you bring? Um, uh, when the, Krishna imitates the dancing of the peacocks, the boys laugh. Uh, yeah? There's this one story, I don't know where it's from, but it's one where they steal sweets from Madhya Mosala and they pull his wheat over his head. Oh. Everyone starts laughing at that. There's, there's also, of course, if we go to Nectar of Devotion, I didn't have time to go into Bhakti Gosanamita to Sindhu, sorry. But if we go into Nectar of Devotion, there's this whole section on laughing ecstasy. Mm -hmm. right? We don't have time to read all of it, but it's something that I would um, 
really recommend where Rupa Goswami talks about the different kinds of laughing, like you can laugh with your lips together, with showing your teeth, with shaking your shoulders. Radha Goswami tends to laugh like that. Well, sometimes you laugh so hard you're crying. Right? Have you ever laughed so hard you were crying? Yeah. Or sometimes we laugh so hard we can't even stay seated like we say rolling on the floor laughing. And sometimes, sometimes laughing becomes just completely overwhelming. Uh, so Rupa Goswami gives examples of these different kinds of laughing. Um, one where some mendicant came to beg alms and Krishna said to his mother, Oh, the mendicant's going to put me in his begging bag and carry me away. Laughing. And um, Krishna insulting Jarati, saying, saying, My dear good woman, the skin of your face is now slackened, and so your face exactly remembers a monkey's. As such, the king of the monkeys, Balimuka, has selected you as his worthy wife. While Krishna was teasing her, she replied that she was certainly aware of the fact that the king of the monkeys wanted to marry her, but she'd already taken shelter of Krishna. <laughs> so she had a really good comeback there. <laughs> so, you know, this is what's going on in the ultimate reality. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we take laughter as, and, and fun and play as kind of a deviation, you know, from real life. One of the qualities of the devotee is that they're very grave. And so we may think that that means, you know, I am very grave and serious about all of my service. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to find meaning. We're all trying to feel worthy. We're all trying to find meaning. We're all trying to feel that we've done something significant. And we tend to think about significance and meaning in terms of, you know, I built a building, I wrote a book, I cooked a feast. You know, I planted a garden, I managed this project. I, I did, we tend to think of meaning and worthiness in terms of accomplishments, which is really funny because Krishna says, uh, only fools think they're the doer of their accomplishments. So it's really funny to try to take meaning in that. But, not that I don't do it myself, but it, it's, it's actually humorous that we try to take meaning in our accomplishments. And the ultimate reality, the ultimate meaning is hasya pari hasya sambhasana. The ultimate meaning, the ultimate reality is joking and laughing. The cowherd boys say to Krishna, close your eyes, we'll give you a sweet ball. And what do they put in his mouth? Flowers. It's also described sometimes when they have picnics, they take the samosas. Please don't try this at home. They take the samosas, they open them up secretly, they pull out all the vegetables, and they stick jasmines in there. <laughs> stick what? Jasmine. Here's your samosa, Krishna. And then they all laugh. And there they're laughing at Krishna being unhappy. They're laughing at Krishna. But Krishna also enjoys that. And they're enjoying the fact that Krishna is enjoying it. That never happened if I could that. No, not pull that kind of thing if I could. But but Lord Kapiladev is describing Vishnu laughing. So there is also laughter in Vaikuntha, though not by putting jasmine flowers in the Lord's samosas. But there's it's also a place 
full of laughing, full of smiling, full of laughing, full of joking. That is the ultimate reality. And if we don't experience joy in Krishna consciousness, Prabhupada said, if you're not experiencing joy, you cannot be making any advancement. If we're really... You know, I had a, a parent years ago... Oh, should I tell this story? I only have a couple minutes. Anyway, I was in, in some part of the world, which I shall not name, that was running this Sunday school that was just, to an educator, it was just a heartbreaking you know, crying for hours kind of thing. We are giving these kids spiritual knowledge by giving them a multiple choice exam about Dhruva Maharaj's pastime. And I said, that's not spiritual knowledge. It's not what we mean by Divya again. And it's not that the kids want to go to school all week and then come to our Sunday school and get multiple choice exams on the Dhruva pastime. I said, that's why they're all leaving as soon as they get to be 12. And I was saying, you know, you really want to have fun in Krishna consciousness. And then one of the teachers who was responsible for this whole decable, she, she said, how do we make Krishna consciousness fun? <laughs> and I said, if you're conscious of Krishna, you will be having fun. You don't have to make it fun. I said, maybe if you're conscious of Durga Devi, you won't be having any fun. But if you're conscious of Krishna, you will be having fun because Krishna is always having fun. Even when Krishna is doing serious things, he's having fun doing them. In fact, that's all he ever has is fun. Everything is, what do we call Krishna's activities? Pastimes. Sanskrit? Leela. Leela. Krita, they're just, he's just playing games all the time. You know how Krishna does his work? In his sleep. He gets into this huge form, goes to sleep, and that's how he does all the work. And he engages his energies, you know, the jivas in the material world that really want to be the doers. Okay, great. You manage the moon, you manage the wind, you manage the rain, you do all the work, I'll sleep. Yes? So, let us... Hmm? Right? Let us meditate within the core of our heart upon the laughter of the Lord. The laughter of Vishnu is so captivating it can be easily meditated on. Once devoting his mind to this, the yogi should no longer desire to see anything else. So we have maybe a minute. Anybody has a comment? Yes, Christopher. One, one uh, comment on the beginning of the class. When I was in seminary, I had a, uh, an advisor. My advisor uh, used to always say that as um, you know, spiritual seekers, we should learn, always learn how to write without making others wrong. Oh, very nice. Christopher was saying that he was in seminary. One of his advisors said we should always learn how to be right without making others wrong. Yes. So it's not that we want to denigrate people who simply think the Lord is angry, jealous, and spiteful and with some mercy and love in there and they don't understand the Lord is laughing. But at least we can introduce the Lord's laughter. At least we can introduce it. Hey, you know what? The Lord is also laughing and joking. And this whole pastime with the garments of the gopis is, is a, it's a very humorous pastime. It's very deep in that Krishna is establishing that he is the only husband of all of these gopis. 
but it's also a very, it's very lighthearted and very laughing and very joking. And, and everybody is in that mood as well. Shilaprabhad ki jai. Hachayani vat ki jai.